0: Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, outreach of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos, along with Chippy the Chipmunk. Oh, my adoring fan. Get ready for a huge dose of reality and a huge dose of common sense. You said it, brother. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, I need to apologize to everybody out there. I haven't put out an episode of Table Flippers in quite a while. I've been very busy. As a matter of fact, these last, uh, let's see, uh, spent four days up in the mountains on a camping trip with some of the guys at the church just to get away, do a little bit of fishing, some camping. We got rained on rained out. It seems that uh, Hurricane Hillary rolled up. From in south and came through uh, California and hit us when we were up in the eastern Sierras. Kind of cut our trip ah, just, a sh- just short by one day. But nonetheless, we were up there having a good time, fishing, laughing, joking, and really um, having a great time up there. Up in the mountains, there was a rock slide, there was um, heavy, heavy rain, all of these things. And yet we still toughed it out as one of the guys up there said, hey, this is an adventure. I say, yeah, it is an adventure. Reminds me of my wife. Every time we would go somewhere, one time we were on a, I can't even remember what island it was, but we were on an island, Caribbean island, and we were just wandering around and we get lost. And my wife kept saying, hey, it's just an adventure. Oh, I think it's this way, and she would get us lost. Then she would take us another way. Oh, I think it's this way, and get us lost. We were way back there, it was super hot. There's wild donkeys running around, and she kept saying, it's an adventure. Hey, so when uh, one of the guys said on our trip, it's an adventure, just remind me of my wife getting us lost on some uh, Caribbean or I think it was a Caribbean island. Anyways, it was somewhere. We're having a good time, of course. But um, I've been extremely busy pretty soon, ladies and gentlemen, pretty soon. I should be having some phenomenal um, news to share with you. Some great things are happening. As a matter of fact, a lot of great things are happening all over the place. Uh, one of the things that I uh, really love and appreciate seeing is how many Americans, even right here in liberal Southern California, many people are waking up and realizing, wait a minute, things aren't getting better. We've got to get out there and do something. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. I am yeah, a man of prayer. I believe very strongly in prayer. I believe in taking literally everything to God in prayer. That means, hey God, I need money for, to pay my rent all the way down to, hey God, I messed up, please help me. And everything in between and other things that may be not running through my little brain right now. But taking everything to God in prayer. But I also believe in putting action to our prayers. Many people have been praying many years. Let's, let's look at abortion, for instance. I've known most, most of the Christians, I, I should say this, most of the Christians I know have prayed many years for abortion to come to an end, but very few of them, okay? Very few of them actually did anything to bring abortion to an end. And what I mean by that is very few of those same people that would pray for abortion to come to an end, very few of them went to a rally very few of them stood outside abortion clinics, you know, um, standing up for these uh, children that are about to be murdered. Very few of them did any did anything really constructive to bring an end to abortion. As a matter of fact, many of the people that prayed against abortion. Now check this out, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is my frustration with a, with the church today. And uh, when I say the church, don't misunderstand me. I had a show. Here an episode with Daniel Jew um, maybe a year ago or close to a year ago. And he, he pointed out there's nothing wrong with the church because Jesus said, I will build my church. So if it's something that Jesus is building, the church is perfect. Now, please don't misunderstand. He goes, where the imperfection comes in is in its representatives. That's you and I and the people who claim to be Christians. So I agree with that completely, totally, 100%. So when I say the church, I'm not saying the, if you will, the organic entity that Jesus is building. I'm talking about those who claim to be part of, claim, listen, claim to be part of the body of Christ or part of the church of Jesus Christ, those who claim to be Christians. That's what I refer to, or that's what I mean when I say church. So please don't understand that the true church, is perfect because Jesus is building it. But many of us that consider ourselves part of the church are not perfect. We're bad representatives of the true church of Jesus Christ. So anyways, back to this, just to show you my frustration with what I call the church or the collective body of Christ. We'll have many people pray, oh God, it's terrible that all these babies are being aborted. Oh, it's terrible that all of these babies are being murdered while in the womb please put a stop to it. And then come time to go vote. They vote for the very people that are whose policies are making it possible for these babies to be aborted. The double-mindedness of Christians is astounding. It's staggering. Same thing with homosexuality, the LGBT movement. Oh god, please save these people stop these people we can't make this legal we can't do this we can't do that and then they go and vote for the very people that have the policies they're now forcing this stuff on our children it's really a strange thing ladies and gentlemen to live in an era and a time when we pray for one thing and then vote in a manner that cancels out our prayers and now now ladies and gentlemen here's where a lot of christians will make this huge mistake Well, that's up to God. That's up to God. I don't think you understand, ladies and gentlemen, our part and portion in this. Let me explain something to you. This is not always um, popular, but this is a biblical truth. This is a biblical truth. And I don't really want to get into a big Bible study here on this, but this is a biblical truth. These are biblical principles. When it comes to the earth realm, okay, what is natural? The land, the sea, the animals, the people, the trees, uh, and the system that works in the earth, okay? This is on us. This is not on God. Now, a lot of people think, well, God will just do what he wants to do. And that is true. And he made it very clear what he wants to do because he already did it. He gave mankind, that's you and me, ladies and gentlemen, dominion of the earth. Okay, God still owns it, but we are to steward it according to his plans. Or we can we can still steward it according to somebody else's plans, but the point is we're the stewards of the earth. God didn't take a complete 100% hands-off approach once he said that. But for God to get busy in the earth realm, the place that we have dominion in, We have to invite him into it at least in two different ways. Number one, we have to pray and ask him into this. Ask him into our reality. Ask him to help us with this thing called dominion. And then number two, we've got to act it out, work it out the way he would want us to to begin with. Let me give you an example. We've had abortion in America, all right, with Roe v. Wade. Now, Roe v. Wade at a federal level, of course, was turned over. So that's completely turned over, but the power has been turned over to the states. So we still have abortion in the United States, be that as it may. Most Christians who understand the word of God and the heart of God are 100% against, against abortion. Those who claim to be a Christian and are for abortion on any level, any level. Now, people at this point would say, well, what about the life of the mother? What about the life of the mother? How can you put one life over another? That to me is one of the most wicked evil underhanded deceitful and deceptive arguments i've ever heard because the life of the mother that argument that is so low because listen women are designed to have babies women are designed to go through childbirth and women are designed to overcome the trauma of childbirth so when they say unless you abort this baby unless you murder your own child you might die think of put Think about that for just a moment. I would throw myself in front of a speeding train for any one of my family members. I would throw myself in front of a train for a, a, a complete stranger if I had to. It's just what's in us to protect life. So when we can convince women to put their own lives over the lives of their children, born or unborn, what a wickedness and a deceitfulness that has come over mankind. So anyways, back to my original argument. (laughs) True Christians, true lovers of Jesus, true followers of Jesus will be 100% against abortion. And so the one that claims to be a believer and still wants to hold on to it, well, maybe what if? No, no. Now it's no longer an argument or a debate about the merits, if you will, of abortion. But are you truly saved to even have those thoughts race through your mind like that? Or to stand up for something as wicked and as vile as abortion? Okay, so so think about that. There's this double-mindedness in the church world with many of its ambassadors, where they will say, yeah, I think abortion is wrong, but I'm gonna go vote Democrat. And Democrats have the policies that not only lead to abortion, but abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. And now they're pushing in many areas, these Democrats, that up to 30 days after birth, if the mother decides that she does not want that child, that child can be euthanized up to 30 days after birth. After that child has been on this planet, living and breathing, eating, pooping, everything that little babies do, that mother can look down within that 30-day period and go, "I ah, don't want you, and have that baby euthanized. This is what they're pushing. So again, Christians or those who claim to be Christians have been so double-minded. Not all of us, of course, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not double-minded in this. I've always been against abortion. And as long as I've understood this concept, I've never voted for anybody. That's the first question I ask. When I see somebody running, what's their position on abortion? So when I see Christians or those who claim to be, because that's all it is, is a claim, and it's an empty claim, complete empty claim, um, stand up and vote for, support and vote for abortionists, baby murderers, you know, it just sickens me. It really does sicken me because not only are they just a little confused, again, thank God, um, God doesn't come and check with me on who I think should or should not be saved, who I think should and should not get into heaven. It's not my job. But I can see from scripture that there's certain actions, certain lifestyles, even certain mindsets that those who truly believe in Christ will have and, and hold up. And then there's also certain you know, actions, lifestyles, mindsets that when somebody has them, clearly they're separated from God regardless of what they claim, okay? And there's many who claim to be followers of Christ, but have hearts and minds, mindsets of murder because they keep supporting, voting for, and lifting up these abortionists, these baby murderers, these baby mutilators. And you know, I, I, I came on here. I, I don't know why I'm even talking about this. This is just something that really popped up in my mind. I, I, I do have an article I want to read to you about some things that are going on, but it has nothing to... Well, maybe it does have something to do with abortion, just not in a direct fashion. But I guess this is just something that's been weighing upon my heart yet again. You see, um, I, I do my best, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, to come on here and not be super political. I don't mind talking politics. But I also know that Christians, for some reason, Christians, uh, or those, like I said, claim to be Christians, they don't want to talk politics. Most who claim to be a Christian want to leave politics for voting day. And that's about it. And that's why the devil is running rampant through the political system, the governmental systems of this country, is because Christians stay out of politics. Shame on you. Shame on you especially you pastors bunch of cowards that don't want to talk politics from the pulpit because you're afraid to upset or alienate some of the people in your church shame on you i can tell you what your church is like dead dead if there's any kind of excitement it's false hype it's emotionalism There's no miracles happening at your church. There's no signs and wonders happening at your church. The prophetic is completely shot down. The apostolic move and pressing on and warfare is shot down. You guys have a bunch of fake smiles on your faces and scripted speeches to make people feel good, but nothing changes. The sick are still sick. The addicts are still addict. The broken are still broken, but you've taught them to put a a smile on their face, suck it up, and act like everything in their world is doing great because you don't want to give the pastor or the church a bad name. I've been I've seen those churches. I've been around those churches. Miracles, zero. Healings, zero. Gifts and move of the spirit, zero. It's fake, it's phony. And it starts with the pastors who don't want to touch on political issues or moral issues such as LGBT or abortion. Um, um uh, gay marriage, uh, these types of things, politics. And you say, oh, all of that stuff is just dirty. We don't need to talk about it. we just gonna, we're gonna talk about Jesus. We're just gonna talk about Jesus. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're just gonna talk about Jesus. And then they paint the picture of this goofy, skinny, twerpy Jesus who just has a goofy smile on his face and goes around and hands daisies to people. Well, that's not the Jesus I serve. The reason we have the name of this podcast, Table Flippers, is because Jesus went around and flipped some tables. When he saw something in what was at the time, the, uh, if you will, the center of the religious system, the temple, and he saw people doing things there that he didn't like, he went over there and flipped their tables. Not only did he just flip the tables and run away. No, he built a whip, flipped the tables and started whipping people and driving them out of the temple. Now, I want you to think about this jesus the son of god the savior of mankind god himself in the flesh when he saw that in the church the church leaders were doing and allowing things that weren't fully biblical didn't have the heart of god was somewhat deceptive he flipped their tables beat them whipped them and kicked them out of that place that holy sacred place and then today today we have churches that do pretty much the exact same thing, the exact same thing every Sunday, every week, and they, th- and, they, and they criticize and put down any true move of God that breaks out or starts happening, yet they themselves, if Jesus walked into their church physically, number one, they would never recognize him because the Jesus of the Bible is so different than the Jesus that they portray. But that Jesus, if Jesus came down in the flesh and walked into their church, he would start flipping over some tables he started kicking over some pulpits and podiums. I'll never forget, this goes back uh, probably around the year 2000-ish, maybe just before that, 1998, 1999, somewhere in there, when Prophet Kim Clement was uh, still kind of traveling around doing some prophetic ministry. And um, he was at a church that I was familiar with. My wife and I went to see him. And he had a prophetic word. And there was this podium that was hand-built beautiful podium by the way beautiful podium and it was hand built and it was on the platform and kim just the holy spirit just overcame him and at one point in his in a prophetic word that he was giving to the pastor and to that church and part of it was a rebuke he kicked that podium over and it broke into three pieces right there on the platform and he was giving a a, a prophetic rebuke if you will correction to that church and to that pastor as he's pointing at this podium that's now broken in three areas. I thought it was profound because it reminded me of some of the prophets of the Old Testament that when there was something going on, God sent them and they brought a word of rebuke. And if, you know, at that time, the king or the townspeople turned things around, listened to the words and turned things around, repented, God would start blessing. If they rejected it, then they were really doomed and headed for some terrible things. Well, it turns out that after that, some of the ushers run up and they give Kim Clement, like maybe a a music stand. I'm sorry, a music stand to use as a podium. And a bunch of guys just grabbed those three pieces and took him in the back room. And the look on the pastor's face was he was furious. He was furious even though he claimed to be a real close friend of Prophet Kim, but he was furious. But I thought, well, it'll be interesting to see what he does with that prophecy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, not much really changed. As a matter of fact, some things even got worse. Um, Some deceptive things, some just flat lies to some of the people. They were promised certain things. And then, uh, you know, when it should have been, uh, um, those promises should have been kept. Of course, they should have been kept. But... uh, other things happened, and it just really set some things in, uh, in motion negatively. And they actually had the gall, ladies and gentlemen, they had the gall to take those three pieces of that pulpit and put them back together. And that pulpit was back up on that platform, I believe within a week. Completely poo-pooed the entire prophetic word from a true prophet of God that rebuke, that correction. And when he kicked and it broke, there was something, uh, you know, besides the prophetic word that was being given, there was something prophetic about that pulpit being broke. What they should have done is taken that out and burned it because God was saying something. Not that there was anything necessarily physically wrong with that pulpit, but it represented something that was not right in that church. And when it broke into three three places, even that to me is, is a... Um, prophetic statement because the number three is very important you know we serve a a god that's father son holy spirit a triune god three in one you and i are uh, triune beings ourselves spirit soul and body a three in one there's this this um reoccurring three in the scriptures and it says something. It's a, it's a number of somewhat completion, but it's also a, kind of a number of God in that sense, the three in one. He's one that's made of three. We don't serve three gods, one God. Okay, just like you and I, you're, you're not three people, you're one. Well, some of you might have a few extra out there. <laughs> but in and of yourself, you are a three in one. You're a body, soul, and spirit wrapped up into one person. So when that pulpit broke into three, That was, in and of itself, a prophetic statement. A prophetic statement of what God was doing and what he wanted to see done in that church. And then, of course, the prophetic word of rebuke that was never adhered to. And from that point on, a lot of really strange, weird things started happening in that church. Strange things. And uh, I don't want to get into it because I don't want to pick on that one church. I could go through that with many churches and many works. Um, I'll, I'll tell you something. I had a... I was at a party, a gathering, and it was in somebody's backyard. And a friend of mine, who was also very, very prophetic, he says, come over here, I want to help, help me pray for this lady. And it was a little bit older lady, and she had a cane. She had some problems, so she had to have a cane. And when I was asked to come over there and pray for her, as soon as I put hands on her, there was an anger that rose up in me and um, over this woman's condition. Not over the woman, per se, per se, but over her condition. Because what I, what I just knew in my spirit was that um, this condition was more, it was brought on more by her believing lies, buying into, I'm just old, this is the way it's supposed to be, my doctor said this, somebody said that, blah, 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 that kind of sense, believing the lies instead of believing the word of God. And it angered me. So um, I, as soon as I laid hands on her, I grabbed that cane and snatched it out of her hand and I threw it across the yard. I mean, it was flying past people's heads. It was flying through the yard. I mean, when I threw it, I I didn't really mean to throw it with that much force, but it it flew across the yard, crashed up into the bushes up against a rock. As I yelled, now, forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, I used this word correctly, but not as a swear word. As I cursed that cane and what it represented, not just the piece of metal, that's all it was, but what it represented, I said, damn you, damn you. Because I was not cursing a stick, nor was I directly cursing the woman. I was cursing that mindset that put more faith into that cane than into the word of God. And the words that caused this woman to um, believe and agree with, you know, all these other, you know, what maybe a, maybe a doctor says, or what she's heard, oh, you're just getting old, just have to accept it, blah, blah, blah. blah. You know, everybody... Every one of us has either heard it, said it, or whatever. You know, we we know this. We get these negative uh, words all the time. And I was cursing that. So me and my friend and maybe a couple of other people prayed for this woman. And it was a good, strong prayer. And um, I felt, (laughs) I felt maybe we made some headway. Maybe we really broke through because this woman, I believe, uh, not, not only was God touching her with his power at that moment, but I believed that if she could just grab hold of the true thoughts and the true word of the Lord, it would change her situation forever, okay? The moment we said amen and my friend who knew this woman, you know, spoke to her and encouraged her for, you know, I don't know, a couple minutes afterwards and everything. She, she was actually, I forgot to tell you that she was sitting down in a chair this whole time and um, somebody says, well, why don't we get up? And she immediately, before she even tried to stand up, look around, well, where's my cane? Where's my cane? I really need my cane. I have to have my cane. Where's my cane? And uh, everything in me just dropped. Boom. Because by doing that, it showed you didn't get it. You didn't understand, not just what I was saying, but what the spirit of God was saying to you. And um, I, I, I didn't really know this woman, so I never saw her again. After that, I don't know what happened. But if I was a betting man, and thank God I'm not, I wouldn't have bet that she that she really got it just because her immediate knee-jerk reaction was, where's my cane? She didn't even try to stand up. She didn't even try to put that newfound faith or that anointing or the word of God to test by standing up to see if her legs were maybe a little bit stronger. She, she had too much of a draw and a pull, too much faith, too much trust in something a doctor could give her or that something she can get at the local drugstore or walmart than in the word of god because the word of god still says ladies and gentlemen by his stripes you were not our were healed that's second peter and isaiah says by his stripes you are healed meaning the beating that jesus took as on the way to the cross pulled out healing and deliverance for you and i destroyed our sickness our disease and our pain and if we believe in that and have faith in that we walk in that We can rise above sickness, disease, and pain, and all of these other things. Now, I'm not trying to land blast that lady. I'm not trying to put her down or anything like that. This has been a problem in the body of Christ. Why? Because pastors have been so soft, and so weak, and so cowardly. See, it shouldn't have taken a three-minute prayer and in an interaction in somebody's backyard for that woman to or expect that woman to get to a place where she can accept what Jesus did for her and the healing that he provided instead it should be coming from the pulpit every week every time she goes to church she should be hearing a message of great victory of the power of God the power of the blood of Jesus over sin sickness and disease the power of the Holy Spirit over disease, sickness, and the demonic. She should be hearing uh, um, messages of victory. And what do we keep hearing? Oh, Antichrist is going to come any moment and eat our lunch. Oh my gosh, Antichrist, everything's getting so bad. There's no victory in most of these churches. No victory at all in most of these churches. As a matter of fact, I I had a discussion with a pastor one time who is a big end time theology guy, you know, eschatology. We're all everything's going to hell in a handbasket and all we got to do is hold on until Jesus comes back and get us <coughs> or we lose our head. <coughs> wow, great victory. So I said, you know, <coughs> I said that can't really be a true doctrine of God because there's no victory in it. Well, what do you mean? I said, how is it that God gives us victory in every other area. It's prophesied, as shown in scriptures, every area. We're overcomers. We're told to be overcomers. We are overcomers. We say Jesus overcome the world. We're supposed to be overcomers with him, in him, through him. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. All of these things. We have the blood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. We're overcomers. We're victorious. No, no um, weapon formed against us will prosper. We can quote all these scriptures. But then we, from the same mouth, double-minded by the way, we hear everything is going to hell in a handbasket. Hold on until Jesus gets here. Some of you might have to die. Some of you might have to lose your head. And we we can find those passages in scripture. But at those moments, we fail to find the passages in the scripture that give us victory. So I said, how is that? I said, you're either either, uh, serving a double-minded Jesus or you're missing something somewhere. He said, well, the victory is when we all get to heaven. And God comes in and wipes out all the evil people. And I stopped him and I said, wait a minute, where's the victory in that? You get to check out without doing anything, without exercising your authority, without exercising your dominion to change anything for the positive. And you think it's a victory that men and women who Jesus love are destroyed? Where is the victory in that? I said, that's actually heartless and cold. That's wicked. Which, of course, made the gentleman really, 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 really mad because he literally hung his hat on this doctrine that is fear-based, which can't be of God, because God's not given us a spirit of fear. Anyway, so, I, ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't buy into that. Um, I see a victorious Jesus. I see a message to the church that is victorious, even in healing such as this, by his stripes we are healed. This isn't a promise for the sweet by and by. This is a promise for right here and now. And it should be coming across the, the, the pulpit, through the pulpits to the people every Sunday. We should be built up and strengthened and taught how to live a victorious, powerful life, how to get out there, how to get involved, and how to change this world. Instead, we have these cowardly, weak doctrines going on out there that put people in fear and they don't want to go out there and support a rally stand against abortion stand against the lgbt nonsense stand against the government or whatever it is because we have been convinced that it's all for naught, that there's no purpose for it we're all going to check out of here soon so what's the point oh maybe if we just sit back at home and do nothing the world will get worse faster so we can get out of here faster yeah i've heard people say that kind of nonsense too We're not supposed to get involved in politics. You know, most of you don't realize this, but the entire Bible is a political book. It's not a religious book. It was never meant to be a religious book. It's more of a governmental political book. I know that might be new to some of your ears and some of you are fuming. If you're fuming right now, you got that little tick in your neck, that little vein that pops out. You may want to get that checked. And I don't mean by a doctor. Go see somebody who knows deliverance and cast that demon out of you. Because somebody taught you wrong to the point that you believe demons, not the Word of God. Anyways, let me get off of that for just a moment because I do want to get onto this. i want going to read this article. but before, Just before I read this article, I want to say, uh, um, you know, I'm so, so very proud of the people of GWCC and of PFC, Palmdale Freedom Coalition. GWCC, by the way, is Greater Works Christian Church, my home church, my daughter-in-law, uh, our... Pastors, my daughter-in-law, my wife, my son, and several members of the church uh, went to a rally down in L.A. Uh, when, when was that? That was Tuesday, yesterday. Yesterday, as a matter of fact, wow. And they, they were standing up for our children, standing against this whole LGBT push and, and uh, transgenderism and, uh, you know, changing your child's sex without the parent, parental notice. That's just demonic We used to call them groomers just for a short time when we realizing, hey, they're grooming our children. Um, I don't want to call them that anymore, personally. If you want to call them that, go ahead, because they are groomers. But it's even beyond just grooming. They are getting their hands on our children now and messing with their minds to such a degree, convincing little boys that they're girls, convincing little girls that they're boys, and without any parental notice or notification or discussion. Taking these children down to start them on hor- hormone blockers. And, and they want to take it as far as even getting surgery. Can you imagine sending your, say, 10-year-old son to school? And then you go to pick him up and he's not there. You go into the office. Where is my son? Um, we're not allowed to tell you, ma'am. What do you mean you're not allowed to tell me? We are not allowed to tell you. And they basically push you out. This is what it's coming down to, ladies and gentlemen. Push the parent out. We're not allowed to tell you, okay? We're not going to tell you. We're not allowed to tell you. Just leave. You know, so um, unless a parent flips out and flips a gasket and starts tearing up the place, they either have to go home or if they start pressing it, they could go to jail. But let's assume for just a moment, the parent is calm, says, okay, goes home. Two, three days later, goes by. They still don't know where their child is. Then all of a sudden, somebody from the school drops that, little um <clears throat> boy off at home he steps out of the car he's wearing a dress and some lipstick and a little bow in his hair and when he and you're like what in god's name is going on here my name is not sam anymore my name is samantha we mean it, samantha and he was going with the little boy voice now he's got that little girl voice and he's prancing around he's got a barbie doll in one hand wearing a dress bow in the hair you sent him away a boy and he comes back a girl you think Well, somebody just kind of brainwashed him. I'll pull him out of this school and and get his head together. But then you realized that the reason you didn't see him was because he went and got um, certain pieces of his body removed and his body filled with hormones and a court order saying you can't remove this child from the school where he's getting his gender-affirming care. Ladies and gentlemen, that might seem like some type of sci-fi movie, apocalyptic movie. That's starting to happen right now as we speak. The people of my church, the people of my family, have been standing up against it and saying, no, not with our children. No, this has got to end. And this is kind of where this this, um, article that I want to read sort of picks up on this. Not exactly directly to the rally that went on yesterday in L.A., although I think these pictures are from that rally, but nonetheless, because what was happening down there you had a bunch of people, just parents, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, that are concerned for their children, saying enough's enough, don't touch my child, standing up against it. And then you had the LGBT community and Antifa, of all people, on the other side doing a, what do they call it, A, a, you know, a we had the protest and they did the whatever, the opposing protest, whatever they call it. <sighs> i have so many things racing through my mind not only about the lgbt community but this group called antifa what a bunch of coward pansy jerks really i mean honestly they're very animalistic they're gonna be anti-fascist and stand against fascism but in reality they are the true fascists i don't know if you realize this ladies and gentlemen a lot of young people are like oh yeah antifa power to the people no fascists We stand against our government. We stand against this group. We stand against that group. Listen, I want you to stand against the government. I want you to stand against a lot of these groups. But I want you to do it honestly. Don't stand there under the banner of Antifa or anti-fascist as you are being fascist yourself. Anyways, let me go on. Let me just read this. This is uh, is out of Daily Wire and it says, Los Angeles Public Schools partner with couple that pushes same-sex surgery on children. I want to read that again. This is the title of this article. It says, Los Angeles Public Schools. Partner with couple that pushes sex change surgery on children. This is by Spencer Lindquist. And this was um, published today, August 23rd, 2023. Again, in the Daily Wire. It says, the second largest public school district in the country hosted a training session for educators on the well-being of sexual and gender-diverse girls that was led by a married couple who facilitate gender transition treatments for children. The Los Angeles Unified School District, LAUSD, offered financial incentives for teachers to attend the training webinar featuring Aiden and Johanna Olson-Kennedy, two popular figures in the world of transgender activism and medicine who have held senior positions in organizations that enable children to undergo irreversible, gender transition treatments. So this Aiden and Johanna Olson Kennedy, they um, hold senior positions in organizations that enable children to undergo irreversible gender transition treatments. Those treatments would include, of course, um, certain types of drugs, hormones, and even surgeries where things are added or removed from children. What constitutes a child? Of course, anybody under the uh, age of 18, at least in our country. But what we're talking about mostly here is children um, probably I'm b- between about 8 and 14 years old is when this is that target group that these types of people are after. I want to say their names again. Aiden and Johanna Olson-Kennedy. And again, they hold or held senior positions in organizations that enable children, children, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, undergo irreversible gender transition treatments. The reason I want you to remember those people's names is because I want you to find them on the internet, find their email addresses, find their phone numbers, find their um, mailing addresses, and bombard them with truth and I didn't say hate mail, and I'm not calling for violence, but call them and tell them what you think about their wickedness and their evil. Call them and tell them what you think about their perversion. Send emails, send letters. I want them to 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 receive like ten thousand letters in the next two or three days emails, phone calls letters uh I'm um, showing your opposition as parents, grandparents aunts, uncles, or just somebody who cares, somebody who has half a brain. I actually find, found these people. Sad situation. Um, it's a couple where I, I, I really do my best not to get judgmental, too, too judgmental or critical, but at the same time, I'm a fairly, fairly decent judge of character, and I can look just in the face of this couple and see huge problems. Number one, the guy is real flamboyant and outgoing, so it's a man and a woman. They're supposedly married. But this guy definitely is um, struggling with his own sexuality. And his wife looks absolutely just beat down. And I assume his wife's name, I, I believe she's the Johanna in the uh, relationship. But absolutely looks just beat down. Wore out, tired, um, distant. Almost like she doesn't believe half the stuff that comes out of this dude's mouth. And he's just flamboyant. Um, you know, a little sweet around the edges, so to speak. Anyways, serious, serious problems in them both. So let me let me finish this um, article. The couple who presented alongside one of the school district's diversity officers serve in complementary roles that allow them to make sex change surgery more accessible for children. So there's Aiden Olson-Kennedy and Joanna Olson-Kennedy. They... Let me just read that opening line on this portion again. The couple who presented alongside one of the school district's diversity officers serve in complementary roles that allow them to make sex change surgery more accessible for children. I heard somebody say not too long ago, oh, you know, that's just a conspiracy. They're not after our children. It's right here, ladies and gentlemen, that the LAUSD, Los Angeles Unified School Board, okay, are working with this couple that serve in roles with the LAUSD that makes sex change surgery more accessible to children. Don't you dare think for a moment. Don't you dare take that cowardly stance. Don't you dare put your head in the sand and think they're not after our children. Don't you dare say that. How dare you? They have been after our children for 50 to 60 years and now it's coming to a head and there's still people with their head in their sand. Oh, they're not after our children. How dare you? Wake up, get your head out of the sand or wherever else you put it. Smell the roses, smell the coffee, see what's going on and take a stand. Stop being cowardly. Every person that says, that tries to pass this off, Oh, they're not after our children. That's a conspiracy theory. You're a coward. You're a wuss. You're a coward. Stand up and say something. Stand up and do something. Jeez. Anyways, when you start going after our kids, start going after the kids, that hits a nerve with me. Anyways, Aiden Olson Kennedy. Oh, I got this. Aiden Olson Kennedy. It says, a woman who identifies as a man. No wonder that dude was so... um, um. well, kind of girly. That makes sense now. Anyways, Aiden Olson Kennedy, a woman who identifies as a man, is a licensed clinical social worker making her eligible to write, <laughs> to write approval letters for gender-affirming procedures. Her website states that she provided the service free of charge. Her doctor wife Johanna oh no wonder this is all coming out I read through this ladies and gentlemen I don't know why I was so angry at some of the other things in this that I just I read it but my mind wouldn't hold on to it so they're both women they're both women that's why the real woman looks so beat down and tired and haggard oh my god okay it's starting to make sense but th- do you want this for your family go ahead look them up look them up and you'll see anyways her website states that she provided. um service free of charge her doctor wife johanna olson kennedy is medical director at the center for trans youth health at the children's hospital in los angeles it has been heralded as the largest trans youth clinic in the country and sees patients as young as three years old three years old ladies and gentlemen the one in this relationship who is actually the real woman johanna olson kennedy is medical director, not just a doctor, but a medical director at the Center for Trans Youth Health at Children's Hospital in Los Angeles is has been heralded, heralded as the largest trans youth clinic in the country and sees patients as young as three years old. So I need to change what I said earlier. I, I need to apologize. I said they're they're targeting mainly like eight. To 14 year olds let me change that they're targeting children as young as three years old ladies and gentlemen just be honest with yourself be truly honest with yourself have you ever known a three-year-old that really knows what they want or don't want or really knows who's who they are we joke about it around my house but when my son was three or four years old he wanted to be a police car not a policeman a police car what if I mean, this might sound silly to you, but this is a genuine question based upon what he thought he wanted to be. What if instead of taking him to a doctor for the transition into a police car, I just took him to a mechanic? And I'm being serious. Could you imagine? You know, I I don't really agree with Bill Maher too much, but lately he's been hammering this stuff. He says he's he's so happy that he grew up in a time before all this nonsense took place. Because he wanted to be a pirate. Could you imagine, let's say five, six, seven, eight years old, his parents took him to the doctor, cut off one of his hands and put a hook, cut off one of his legs and put a peg, gouged out one of his eyes so he can have a patch, maybe threw a few scars on him so he can be a pirate. Now, a lot of people say, well, that's just silly. Why is that silly when we are doing that very same thing to our children? When the little boy, as young as three, says, I'm a girl, or a little girl, as young as three, says, I'm a boy. It's it's really mind-boggling. And here's this pervert couple, Aiden and Joanna Olson-Kennedy, who um, are making all of this possible. And Joanna Olson-Kennedy is the medical director of the Center for Trans Youth Health at the Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. And she is seeing, or is responsible for patients as young as three years old to come in there and start their transition. Does that even make, I mean, I don't know about you, that turns my stomach, ladies and gentlemen, that our tax dollars, our tax dollars are going to people like this to make all of this a reality and a possibility. These aren't perverts in another country. I, I saw that movie, Sound of Freedom. These aren't perverts and child molesters and pedophiles in Colombia or uh, some other country, like such as that. These are perverts and pedophiles right in our own backyard being funded with our tax dollars by the LAUSD, the Los Angeles Unified School District. What is school districts, teachers, um, schools, what should they be doing? Teaching our children, reading, writing, I can't even say it, arithmetic. That's because they don't do that anymore, so I forgot the word. History, things of that nature if one of those little kids comes up to a teacher and says hey i think i might be a girl well okay sweetie you're not go home and talk to your parents that's the length of that conversation that's what it should be and what are the what instead do we get we get aiden and joanna olson kennedy that sweep up that kid haul him off to the hospital as young as three years old and start carving cutting and rearranging body parts filling them full of hormones and such this is disgusting to me. Anyways, let me let me continue with this. Um, the district awarded teachers who attended the training with salary points, which are used to determine your pay scale in Los Angeles. That's weird. You get a you get bigger paycheck if you go learn how to be a pervert. <clears throat> they were also granted continuing education credits, which are needed to maintain certain teaching licenses in the state. It's unclear exactly what was taught in the webinar. Aiden and Joanna Olson Kennedy did not respond to requests for. For comment, nor did Judy Chayson, the district diversity officer who presented alongside the couple. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I did some um, uh, episodes on the DEI training diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's wicked. If you guys think, even for a moment, that it's needed and it's good, you're sorely mistaken. It's evil. And part of it, not all of it, but part of it is targeting our children as young as three years old and working with these perverts that, again, are targeting children as young as three years old, to change them, do irreversible damage to them, mentally, emotionally, and especially physically. All with your tax dollars, by the way. Aidan Olson Kennedy says that she provides consent letters free of charge because she doesn't think they should be necessary for children. I believe requiring letters for gender-affirming procedure is a discriminatory practice that supports The continued disenfranchisement of transgender, gender non-conforming, and non-binary community members, she states on her website. That's just fancy uh, wording for she doesn't want parents to know what's going on with their own children. She wants, this this pervert wants control of your children and their lives and their decisions. So if a three-year-old says, I'm a little girl. She wants to be able to snatch up that little boy, take run it, run that little boy down to the hospital where her where her um wife <laughs> This is so strange. It's so convoluted. Her partner works and then return that what was a three-year-old little boy now a three-year-old little girl, you know. And we know that's impossible, ladies and gentlemen, because boys can never become girls no matter what you do to them. And girls can never become boys no matter what you do to them. Common sense says that. Anybody with half a brain knows that. But these people are that sick. They actually believe that you can chop something off and now call what was once a man a girl. No, that's just a mutilated man. You can add something to what was once a woman and call it a boy. No, that's still a woman. Just with some added packaging. What a strange world we live in. Anyways, let me go on with this. She also states that she used the uses the uh, informed consent model for prescribing care, which allows individuals uh, to access hormone treatments and surgical interventions without undergoing mental health evaluation or referral from a mental health specialist, according to the Journal of Humanistic Psychology. So, somebody is that confused, comes to this person and says, I might be uh, a girl. A boy comes up and says, I might be a girl. Oh, okay, let's just go get you chopped up right now. Let's not see a psychologist or a psychiatrist or therapist just to see maybe you're just struggling with something. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe it's a little bit of depression. Maybe something we can talk about and work through. No, let's start the chopping right now. As a matter of fact, I got a scalpel right here. I can start the procedure right here in this office. What a sicko. Aiden Olson Kennedy does not appear to have reservations about anyone undergoing sex change operations. In 2017, she promoted a fundraiser for an individual with Down syndrome to help pay for an irreversible double mastectomy. Uh, I, I, I can't even believe that this person is not in prison somewhere, rotting in some prison cell. This person, Aiden Olson Kennedy, I believe this is the one of this couple that believes she's a man, but she, in 2017, promoted a fundraiser for an individual with Down syndrome to help pay for irreversible double mastectomy ladies and gentlemen when i tell you that the left you know democrats because democrats support all this and these people are sick and they're wicked i mean after hearing that is there any other word that we can apply to it this is not a misunderstanding this is not some strange conspiracy these people are absolutely wicked and evil johanna Olson Kennedy has downplayed the severity of medical interventions that seek to change a patient's sex, including double mastectomies. If you want breasts at a later point in your life, you can go and get them. She was caught on video saying, can you imagine that? So you're 10 years old, you're 11 years old, you're 12 years old now. You're just coming into yourself. Let's just chop them off now and end that. Later on in life, if you decide you want them, go get some new ones. Nothing's going to work. Nothing's going to work right. And we just messed with your your psyche. But go ahead. Yeah, we'll just chop them off now and put them on later. <clears throat> These people are sick. These people are sick. Hey, you at the LAUSD. Come on, you guys. Hey, 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 wake up. Are you really telling me that you're willing to work with sick, perverted, ugh, wicked, evil people like this? Every one of you. Every one of you at the LAUSD. And this, Johanna, and this Aiden Olson Kennedy, both of them, should you should all be in prison. You should all be in prison, rotting away in some in some cell. <laughs> uh, I get so angry at this stuff that I'm losing my voice over it. Johanna Olson Kennedy, whose clinical interests include gender nonconforming children, transgender adolescents, and young adults, is a leading figure in the transgender medical scene a member of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. She is the co-author of a study funded by the National Institute of Health on the Psychological Effects of of Cross-Sex Hormone Therapy on Youth. Two participants in the study committed suicide, while another 11 experienced suicidal ideation. So, what they're doing is leading these kids to suicide. I mean, did you hear that? They're leading these children to suicide, and they still think this is a good thing. This is disgusting. The government-funded the government study was carried out despite CHLA's transgender clinical knowing that cross-sex hormone therapy can result in sterility. Consent forms obtained by the Daily Wire revealed so not only is it leading to suicide in the, you know, in a psychological way, people want so depressed, so upset that they're killing themselves, but um, to sterility. So if at some point these confused little boys and little girls decide they're not so confused anymore, well, they can no longer have children because of all the mess that people like Johanna and Aiden Olson, whatever their name was, Kennedy has done to them. Unbelievable unbelievable. LAUSD, that's the Los Angeles Unified School District, has reportedly pushed radical gender ideology on children in the district. Chayason, the district diversity officer in 2022, gave a talk on strategies for building affirming and inclusive schools. That's just code, ladies and gentlemen, for we're going to force these kids to accept transgenderism, homosexuality and all the perverse sexual perversion that comes with it. That's all that means. That's really all that means. <clears throat> Anyways, uh strategies for building affirming and inclusive schools at a conference that promoted child transgenderism and was sponsored by numerous surgical sex change clinics. Isn't that interesting? We've said it before, I say it again, follow the money. Where's all this leading? To people just making money off of mutilating children. So, at a conference that promoted child transgenderism and was sponsored sponsored by numerous surgical sex change clinics this isn't about helping children mentally and emotionally this is about putting more money in these pervert doctors that care more about their bottom line and how much green they can have in their pocket than your children or my children this is so sick and disgusting and perverse I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm angry to the point that my stomach is being turned right now. I'm doing my best to hold it together, ladies and gentlemen, at the wickedness that is far. And, and again, what I started out with, where are you at, Christians? Where are you at, pastors? Why are you so cowardly that you'll hide away in your churches and behind your pulpit, but you won't get out there at the rally and stand for our children? You're just as responsible, pastor, if you haven't stood strong if you haven't stood strong, you're just as responsible for these little children going under the knife and being changed forever and scarred forever and every suicidal death. You're just as responsible if you don't stand up. You're just as responsible as these sick perverts such as um, Johanna and Aiden, Olson Kennedy, and these sick perverts at these medical clinics and the sick perverts at the LAUSD. You're just as responsible. It is your job it is your job to stand up for righteousness. And what are you doing? You're cowering out and hiding behind your pulpit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <sighs> Let me finish this. Chia San's, I don't know how to say that person's name. Chia San's uh, department has injected gender ideology. It, I, it is ideology, but ideology into the classroom. The Daily Wire revealed that the LAUSD encouraged students to use LGBTQ plus coloring books, create ally pledge cards, and play LGBTQ plus bingo to celebrate Pride Month. LAUSD even published a rainbow club that provides administrators with an instruction manual on how to host activities for LGBT pride clubs for elementary school students. Elementary, elementary school students. None of this should be at the elementary, well, it shouldn't be in our schools at all, but it certainly should not be in elementary schools. For me, elementary school was kindergarten to sixth grade. Sixth grade, ladies and gentlemen, sixth grade. That's like about five years old to, what, what, what does that go up to? About 13 years old, 12 years old? And they're targeting from kindergarten to sixth grade, which is roughly um, six to about, or five or six to about 12. Perverts. And it's, and it's in here that they've even, this woman, Johanna Olson-Kennedy, director of this medical facility, has seen patients as young as three, three years old, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Anyways, January, Little John, a patient advocate for Do No Harm, an organization that seeks to defend health care from the influence of radical ideology, says it's not surprising to see the Olson Kennedys offering their services to large school districts. It is not surprising to see Dr. Olson Kennedy, the medical director for the largest gender youth clinic in the United States, partner with a school district just as we have seen in other parts of our country like Chicago. Little John said, these gender clinics directly benefit financially from convincing children they are born in the wrong body, which is why schools have become direct targets by gender clinics for promoting gender ideology. This article wraps up with this. If you or someone you know is considering suicide, please contact the 988-SUICIDE-AND-CRISIS-LIFELINE By dialing 988 and then text STRENGTH um, in parentheses, STRENGTH to the Crisis Text Line at 741-741 or go to 988lifeline.org. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm losing my voice. I've been screaming so much at this. So if you or somebody who's considering suicide, please, 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 please go to 988lifeline.org and they can help you there or help your loved one. Because of your love, because of your compassion, because of your common sense, I know you're just as angry at this as I am, and you want to put a stop to this. So please, Contact the LAUSD, tell them what you think. Contact this Aiden and Joanna Olson-Kennedy, tell them what you think. Even contact the hospital, the hospital where this um, Joanna Olson-Kennedy works at. Trying to find the name of it. Oh, the Center of Trans Youth Health at Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. So contact Children's Hospital. Contact Children's Hospital and tell them what you think about this. This is disgusting. This is perverted. And it's wicked. These children need to be left alone. Because I don't know about you, every one of us as kids had to go through some confusing times. Maybe you didn't struggle with your gender, but you struggled with other things. And can you imagine if people, adults that should have helped you through it, just said, okay, let's just change everything into... like." Again, Bill Maher being changed into a pirate. Or my own son being changed into a police car. As ridiculous as all that sounds, that's where this is. Oh, a little boy suddenly thinks he's a little girl because he liked playing with a Barbie doll one time. That's silly. That's absolutely silly. Everybody goes through something similar in one way or another. We don't go chopping body parts off or adding body parts because of that. And the people that do, as they do now, they're sick, they're perverted They're wicked. They're evil. And this must come to a stop. Once and for all. Dino are perfect. Thank you for choosing Table Flippers Podcast. To find our merchandise page, go to gwcclancaster.org. Then find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and it'll take you right there. Until next time, have a fantastic day. Say goodbye, Chippy. Goodbye.